Hello and welcome to First Focus, a podcast here at First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina, where we highlight various events and ministries around the church. My name is Scott Hull, a member of First Pres and one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, Josh Adair, pastoral intern of Biblical Counseling. Awesome, Josh, and Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year. And to you, Scott, and yours. Thank you. What do we have for the folks this week, Josh? This week, I'm going to be interviewing Mr. Norman Kent. He's an elder who serves on the Ad Hoc Committee for Church Planning here at our church. So we're going to be talking with him about the different church plants that our church is actively involved in and growing the kingdom around our country and and around our state as well. If you have any questions about the show or any other ministry at the church, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website, which is firstprezcolumbia.org. That's firstprezcolumbia.org, or you can go onto the First Prez app. Let's get to the conversation. Welcome back to First Focus. I'm Josh Adair, one of your hosts, and with me today is we have the joy of hearing from Norman Kent, who is an elder at our church and also currently chairs the Ad Hoc Committee for Church Planning uh, through our session. And so, Norman, why don't you say hello for us? Hello. (laughs) Thank you. He's coming as a representative of that committee to share about the work of the kingdom of our Lord advancing through different church plants that we know and support. But before we get to that, Norman, why don't you share a little bit more about your own story and, and how you ended up on this committee with the passion to see the Lord's kingdom advance through church planting? Well, thanks for having me here to talk to you about church planting. It is true that kingdom is advancing, and he is advancing the kingdom through the planting of churches. So it's exciting to be part of that in any way that we can. I became a Christian when I was in the Navy in Charleston in the late 70s. When I got to Charleston as a new believer and first met my wife, Lisa, she was involved in a startup church in Reformed Presbyterian Church Evangelical Synod, which is now part of the PCA. Okay. So I joined that church, and we were, in fact, married there. Small church, self-sufficient, everything that needed to be done, we did it. Okay. That's kind of life in a small church plant, isn't it? It is life in a church plant. Uh, We were transferred to to go out in Connecticut. When we got there, we found that the nearest PCA churches were over an hour away. And so Lisa and I became involved in planting a PCA church in Groton, Connecticut. Sure. So for eight years, we, we worked there. When we left, it was a small church still struggling, and we kind of lost contact with it. So this was 1988. Mm -hmm. Well, in 2007, this is to show you how the Lord does work in ways we just don't understand. Mm. Lisa and I were taking our oldest son up to the Coast Guard Academy, which is in New London, Connecticut, and we were looking for churches. Sure. Lo and behold, we found that a remnant from that church plant was still in existence with a different name in a different location, but still very much PCA church. And so for those four years that David was in the academy, that church adopted him and gave him the stability that he needed. The reason I'm telling you that again is it reminded me profoundly that God works in ways that we don't always understand or always see, but nevertheless, he is working. So when we moved from there and came down here, coming to First Pres was a big step for us, moving to a big church. Everywhere you look, things are in place, established, and done by many people. But we were thankful, Lisa and I were thankful to start getting involved in the different foreign mission opportunities at First Pres. Yeah. 
is involved in. And that's one of the beauties of being in a big church. Mm. We have our hands in many places through world witness. And so we, we've had joy in being uh, in Toledo, Spain, and even in Warsaw. I've been to Warsaw a couple of times and seeing the churches yeah. there with the different challenges that I remember from Connecticut. Sure. So last year, I was able to join the Catawba Presbytery Church Extension Committee, which is a committee that works together with Outreach North America <laughs> to um, supervise, superintend, and oversee the workings of the church plants in the, in the U.S. under the Catawba Presbytery Care. Sure. And then last year, the session of First Presbyterian Church recognized the need to have a committee similar to what World Witness, uh, the World Missions Committee does for foreign missions oh, that's great. Yeah. to take care of uh, local churches in the Catawba Presbytery uh, that are church plants to take a look and see how we can help churches being planted by former First Pres members that are not in the Presbytery or in the denomination. Okay. And finally, to look at some local church planting efforts that are not ARP, but are very worthwhile for us to get involved in because of the different communities where we see these church plants being developed. Well, that's wonderful. But tell me too, let's let's get an overview of the churches that we actually oversee that yes. you guys have. We've got three spheres of, of church plants that we're trying to become involved in. And, and the first one is to take a look at the churches that are under the care of the Catawba Presbytery in Outreach North America. When the committee was started in 2018, there were five churches. Okay. One of those has become a particular church, so it's technically off the radar, so now that leaves us with four. Mm-hmm. But that one was? That was Shem Creek Presbyterian Church in Mount Pleasant yeah. with the pastor Ben Carver. Yeah. They actually became a particular church in October. Of 2019. Of this year, that's correct. So the other four churches that are still particular churches are, and they're all in the Columbia area. Oh, that's wonderful. With one exception. Okay. Which is nowhere near Columbia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rob Turner is the mission planter for the Arsenal Hill Mission Church. And Arsenal Hill was an ARP church that reverted back to a mission church status. Okay. And it's growing again. It's wonderful. Their ministry primarily is to refugees in the international community. So they offer English classes, but they're also doing other outreaches in the community. Right now, their Sundays average about 50 in a worship service, and they actually have 40 communicant members. That's wonderful. The second church plant is 30 years old, and it is called Iglesia Biblica Latinoamericana, or IBL for short. IBL is a small church Mm -hmm. uh, just around the corner that ministers to Spanish-speaking people in the community. Mm. The, the planter, the church pastor right now is Scott Moore, who is a former World Witness missionary mm-hmm. to uh, Tampico, Mexico. Okay. So Scott is a tent-making church planter. He works full-time and, and shepherds that small body. Yeah, wonderful. We've had some members from our church visit just to get to know the community there. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things we need to become more involved in and find out more about what, what they're doing and what their needs are. Yeah. Matt Autry is the church planter for King's Church in Irmo. Sure. Jimmy Stans is one of the elders on the provisional session there. And that church has about 30 communicant members, and it averaged Sunday attendances in the 40s. They, they are doing a lot there. They've set up um, community groups. They have evangelical training. They're, they're doing a lot to try and, and, and reach out to the neighborhoods. Yeah. And then the one church that's not near Columbia, South Carolina— is Montage mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. And Leon Brown is the church planter slash evangelist 
for that church work. And Dan Cannon is an elder in the provisional session there. Mm. And Leon's work in Los Angeles reminds me again that church planting is really the business of the Holy Spirit, Mm. not us. It reminds me that all church plants are not created equal. They don't look the same. Mm. They don't grow the same. They don't grow at the same speed. They don't have the same needs. They deal with different demographics. and, And so the problems that go with them are different. So it's, it's a time of Leon doing a lot of evangelism, building up a core group. Yeah. It's not just collecting believers, mm-hmm. it is converting. Yeah, one of the things that I've, I've heard Leon mention multiple times, I think he's even said this on our podcast before when uh, Reverend Squires was, was hosting it, was, you know, he became from Richmond. and uh, he, he did. He did. And he said that his, his work of planning a church there was more so, there were many more believers to catch on to. To, to find and, and sort of collect them. Not that he didn't have as much evangelistic work. But in Richmond. In Richmond. Yes. Yeah. But his work in L.A. has been very different in terms of trying to, trying to identify a core group of people who will invest their lives in building God's church in such a dark place that needs it. He, so. is, he is not shy about proclaiming the gospel, no, and it has not. led him to many interesting conversations, and, yeah. and, and we, see, we see God working. Yeah. And tell me, too, this, these four church plants that you've talked about, they're not the only church plants that our, this committee has an experience with. You said there are two other sort of levels as well. Yeah, the two other spheres. This inner sphere I just mentioned, these are not First Presbyterian Church church plants, but we are a sole supporter. We want to sure. come alongside works that are in progress. These are Outreach North America, Catawba Presbytery church plants. Okay. The other two spheres, the second one, is one that we have not even begun to touch yet, and that involves former First Presbyterian Church members who are involved in planting churches either in the ARP or one in the PCA. And I know of two right now. Soren Cornegay is a church planter in Savannah, Georgia, in the ARP. And then I think Booty and Libby Hooker's son, Jeff, is doing some church planting work uh, with the PCA. So we've, we've not even contacted them Officially, so maybe they're listening and they'll get in touch with me. But you know, uh, again, we're in the discovery phase, but these are areas that we have our eyes on. Mm-hmm. And the third sphere involves church plants that are not ARP, not Presbyterian, um, but they're Columbia urban church plants where we see a great need. And there are a couple of men in particular that are in the business of planting churches. And the committee and the pastors in the session think it's a good idea for us to come alongside and help in a little way. In fact, these two gentlemen have appeared before the committee, and, and one of them, Anthony Frederick, has spoken to two Sunday school classes, and, and they're known by the, the pastoral staff and a few of the elders. Aunt Frederick is pastoring Midtown Two Notch, mm-hmm. which is a church plant on the corner of Beltline in Midtown. Yeah. Um, and then Jerry and Wilson, J. Will, Mm-hmm. is an intern who is involved in planting a church called City of Refuge Church in Eau Claire. And so uh, these two gentlemen are busy introducing themselves to the community and spreading the gospel in different ways. One of the things that stood out to me as I've learned about this and through this different experience that I've had with the church planting committee is that whether it's it's a church plant of a lar- largely an evangelistic mission like Leon's in L.A., or whether it's hopefully, and Lord willing, a particularized church like Mount Pleasant with Shim Creek. 
it's just amazing to see what maturity looks like. It's very different for each of these congregations, but we cannot deny that the Lord is active and present and at work in each of these different scenarios. But tell me, what are some things that you've heard about from these uh, church plants about needs that they have or just stories of, of things that they've been trying to do that, that your oversight has helped with or that you would like to tell our listeners about? You're right in that um, it's not a matter of just going out and finding the Christians. These church plants that we're talking about are building communities, are building family that may be foreign to the people that come. So what these church planters are involved in doing is, among other things, offering outreach opportunities to go out and meet the neighbors, get to know them, offer assistance where they can, involve them in Bible study if they're interested, to introduce them to the Lord. I would guess that a lot of people do not know who Jesus is. And so it's not that they have a preconceived bias. They just don't know. So we were told about uh, an outreach activity where the help that this church needed was not for people to come along and be out front to do the greeting and stuff. They needed people to be in the background to cook the food, to serve the tables, to clean up, and maybe even kind of stay out of the way, but just enable the the church members to interact with the community. Other situations involved uh, actually helping with Vacation Bible School. Uh, Somebody needed some help clearing a lot. So these are some of the, the things that, again, we may not spend a lot of time thinking about, but which become obstacles to small churches that are trying to evangelize a community where there is no church at the present time. Yeah, and so I think that's that's such a, a good transition into, you know, we've seen an overview of, like, whether it's something in a place like Los Angeles, seemingly foreign, though there's probably more than we have in common than we realize. Well, it, it doesn't qualify for world mission status. <laughs> <laughs> or whether it is in our neighborhoods that are... I need, um, or whether it's in in some of the suburbs around Columbia that this committee oversees as well. But there are practical and tangible needs that these churches have. And we have a resource in our congregation of an incredibly talented and gifted congregation. And we think sometimes, you know, the the work of church planning takes financial resources, and it does. And our church has been very generous with financial resources through this committee, but You know, you mentioned some other really practical needs of how can we come alongside these church plants. Could you share a little bit more about that, Norman? I can give you, uh, yes, I can. And we realize we're we're a committee of eight or nine people, so it it is not an eight or nine person task. It is a, it's a ministry that needs the backing of a church body, Mm. one family to another. Mm. So some of the particular areas of need. First of all, financial need will always be there because some of these churches are in areas where, well, they're they're impoverished. So those churches may always have financial needs. Others are startup churches. The ARP church plants go on a three or four year plan where they receive funding from uh, Outreach North America and the Catawba Presbytery. But after a few years, it's it's cut off. I've not seen a church yet be self-sustaining after that four-year point. So there's another two or three years where they need help. So the goal of these churches is not to support them indefinitely, mm. but to to assist as we can until they, they have enough of a core group to be financially self-supporting. But other areas where there there are needs, first of all, there there's a need for 
elders to serve as provisional elders on the sessions. Mm. So if there are any elders listening, mm. if you have an interest and are so moved, you could contact me about serving as an elder on a provisional session. These church plants, you know, we, we have a committee to do this and a committee to do this and a staff to do that. The church planter is doing everything, and the elders alongside of him are also involved uh, doing a lot of work. So they need to be willing to get to know the congregation so they can shepherd them. Okay. So there's and, the need of provisional and, elders? Yeah, and that that's— that's a big ask. I mean, Jimmy Stans, you've not seen Jimmy Stans around very much lately because he is worshiping at King's Church and he loves it. Mm-hmm. The, the other things I'm going to mention aren't, aren't that demanding. <laughs> right? that, now that's out of the way. Start with okay. the biggest. <laughs> that's indeed. Okay. For those of you still listening. Uh, in fact, you know, Jimmy and, and, and Robbie Woodard was um, provisional elder with Leon's Church in Montage mm-hmm. uh, for a while. And now Dan Cannon is serving as an elder there. And and through the workings of, of these gentlemen and, and others we've talked to at Outreach North America and the Catawba Presbytery, one other thing that our committee is looking at doing is developing something that Jimmy Stans called Provisional Elder 101. Mm. There's a lot of information out there, but we think it needs to, to be organized a little bit more presented. Mm. So what you're saying is it seems like when it comes to these, these elders who come alongside to oversee and serve as the provisional elders of that session, that there's maybe the manual that they have for that is not as clear-cut as it could be, and we need better resources. Yes. Okay. That's what I was saying. Very good. Yeah. Um, something else we're, we're, we're looking for is we're, we're putting together a, um, a list of volunteers, a volunteer resource list, so sure. that if people are talented or interested or gifted in certain areas, such as accounting or uh, construction or real estate, we would like to get people who are willing to volunteer their time mm. on an as-needed basis. It's not full-time. We're not asking folks to go join these churches, mm. but a church planter uh, may have a need for an accountant to help balance the books once in a while or figure out a budget or set something up that they can keep using mm. or do taxes. Sure. And everybody needs sure. a lawyer. So if there are attorneys that are interested in doing some, some work on an occasional basis, that would be sure. useful. So if a church planter has a need for a real estate attorney, uh, instead of wondering who he should contact, it would be nice to have a name for him from our church who he could contact, and, and we start moving on that way. Whatever your skills or interests are, if you would talk to us, uh, we might could get you lined up with helping some of these churches on an occasional basis, or if you're just willing to be on the list somewhere, so when someone calls, mm. we'll have a name. That would be helpful. That's wonderful. So it sounds like what you're saying is, you may not realize it if you're listening to this, but you can build God's kingdom through something as simple as setting up chairs, or being willing to volunteer some of your time to go and chop wood and clear a lot, or if you are an attorney, <laughs> being someone who might be willing to give counsel to one of these church plants. If, if you are interested in leading a Bible study mm. or teaching church plant men and women about the diaconate or give elder training, there's a need out there. So we can use your, use your manpower. We can use your brain power. And there's also the, the aspect of resources that they might need as well. But the, the other thing that we're doing is we're putting together a database so that if they need to do background checks on people for the nursery, 
we can have forms available them and, and for them and so that they can just not have to invent the wheel but see how other churches have done it mm. so they can do that. It's so easy to come to a church as gifted as ours and to let this become our definition of God's kingdom when there's so many other places and areas where we realize the need for, for missions overseas, but even missions in our community, which each of these church plants somewhat is, to reach our neighbors in Colombia and to make it a place that reflects more of the gospel light. It's always a privilege to get to see God's kingdom expand in whatever capacities that we get to, but who would be someone that, if someone is maybe interested in learning more, they could go and talk to you. Yes, um, it is a great committee. If, if you are interested in finding out more about what we do and what needs there are, uh, please talk to Sarah Red or Emily Thomas or Dan Cannon or Jimmy Stans. And even lately, um, Josh Adair has joined the committee and comes when he can. And Ronnie Hull and Devin Coleman have, sure. have really thrown themselves into it. Yeah. Uh, and Gabe Floor is our minister who comes and advises and sits in when he's able. Yeah. Thank you for being willing to, to help offer our listeners some information on how they can do that, Ronnie. You're very welcome. Yeah. It's easy for me to get lost in the details. Sure. Um, but it's important to remember that the church is advancing. Mm. The kingdom is not in recess going forward sometimes we don't see it but it is moving ahead mm. and it's exciting that our church is able to be a part of that you've been listening to first focus on behalf of norman as well as all of the staff here at first presbyterian church in columbia i'm josh adair and i'm scott hull Thank you for joining us. It should probably be said, too, that this will be our last episode for the year. Ah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we wish you a, a happy new year, and we will see you at the beginning of our second season. Thank you all who have been listening since the beginning of the season. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. We've had some wonderful guests on, and we've covered a lot of great topics. Yeah, we couldn't have done it without any of our guests or any of you, our listeners. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. God bless.